0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Startup Hustle Middle East. And sorry, I know we haven't been consistent. We didn't post last week, but that's because we were super busy.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, last week, um, Sid and I were on our own reality show event thing <laughs> that we were attending and participating in. So, um, I don't think it should be a surprise that we love Shark Tank um, yeah. and we were in Dubai's own version of the Shark Tank called the Equity Room last week. Yeah. So I think it was interesting because we both have different perspectives from the event because we were both involved in the yeah. event. And So
0: I was a participant trying to pitch a jar car. And Mamta was hosting, so, um, you know, because she hosts Us in the Middle East and a couple of other things, they asked her to host the event, which was pretty cool. So yeah. uh, she got to see all the startups, but we were in the green room. And so we were kind of isolated before we could go and pitch. And it was also the f- very first episode of the Equity Room.
1: Yeah, they were so, shooting the pilot.
0: So it was the pilot and they were trying to film it for TV. Yeah. so So
1: who knows we may be on TV Um, (laughs) but uh, I think their idea is to create that pilot and take it to TV stations and then it may or may not get picked up so it was interesting it was interesting to be a part of it from all these different angles and uh, of course I was even more involved as part of the event, because Ijarkar was pitching as well, and yeah. uh, I could see the pitch from backstage. <laughs> so, so yeah. why don't you tell everyone about your pitch?
0: So, uh, what happened was we were trying to raise $200,000 for 20% of the company, and um, Yeah, so I had my whole deck prepared. I had about 15 to 20 slides. I know that's a lot, but they told us there's no time limit. So I figured I might as well include more details about the company. Mm. And uh, the idea was that there were going to be five sharks in front of me who uh, could invest. But once they opted out, uh, that's it. If all five sharks said they were out, then we were eliminated and uh, also there was a crowd aspect to it so you know so the crowd who attended there were about three four hundred people there Mm -hmm. and uh, they had an app or they could download an app or it was a web app or something like that
1: it was a web app
0: it was a web app where they could log in and then um, vote for the different founders and their pitches and so that score would be on the screen behind you so it's like how much the audience is kind of liking your presentation or your pitch
1: yeah, and looking at the pitches and how the audience rating was going, it was having some influence on the founders. Most of the times it mimicked what the um, what the sharks were thinking, uh, the kind of questions that they were asking and how the responses were being done. But there were some times I think that the sharks stayed on longer Because the audience were giving a really high score to the participants.
0: Yeah, but pitching on stage, I couldn't really see the audience score. So that didn't affect me at all. It
1: doesn't affect, yeah. Initially, the idea was that the founder can also see it. Mm -hmm. Which I think would have probably caused a little bit more drama. Which is good for TV. Because if you're seeing that your score's tanking, then uh, you'd get even more nervous. And then you have these shocks. Um, that uh, can be quite intimidating as well. So, um, but I think it it was having an influence on the sharks themselves.
0: Yeah. So uh, one thing uh, I wanted to discuss was that, you know, when you're on, uh, when you're pitching to somebody, as it is, you're nervous, you know, and as it is, you want to be prepared for all the questions and all that. But then when you add this element of uh, it being filmed for TV. Yeah. And that if you mess up that, uh, you know, you know how reality you'd be, you'd is. You'd be the joke. Yeah. yeah. They'll make a joke out of it or you would uh, be yeah, like but, the, but I don't the think. loser founder or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But
1: I don't think you have anything to worry about there. So so
0: um, to cut the suspense, I did not raise any money. <laughs> this it, type, was,
1: it was it a bummer.
0: Unfortunately. Yeah. Um but a couple of things that i disliked about the format yeah so one thing was that they didn't let me complete my pitch mm. um so literally like uh two slides in where i just explained what like even the like i just started with what the problem is i just said that ajarkar is a marketplace and that uh you know uh, what the problem was and then immediately the sharks started asking me questions Which would have been answered if they let me carry on with my presentation in a much better way. Uh, It would have been explained better because we had a demo, we had a presentation, we had all the stuff. But they just immediately started bombarding me with questions. So I think it's part of the show.
1: Yeah, which I think, honestly, you feel it quite well. Um, I think there was one moment where uh, a shark was asking you... Uh, Adriana was the shark and she was asking you about your revenue model and you didn't answer that question but that was also I think because there was another question that you were trying to answer and you were on us and on an important slide um, with the competitors so yeah but and but this was also after like they asked you like 15 questions before that which all of which you answered
0: so... No, what happened, I feel like now then I'd look at the playback is that somebody asked me a question. I think it was her about the revenue, how we make money. And I thought I'd pretty much made it clear we're a commission-based... Uh, yeah, you earlier, yeah, you did earlier. You did
1: earlier. But and then the, she was she asked it again.
0: And she asked me again. And while I was in the middle of answering that question, another shark asked me another question and I, my thoughts got diverted. Yeah. So I didn't know which question to ask first. Mm-hmm. So, you know, my advice to the equity room for the future if they want to do another episode is let at least the the whoever's on stage let them finish their presentation or at least give them a time frame say okay you have at least you have four uninterrupted minutes and then after that if you want to present anything else then you know people can come in and tear you apart but but you know, at least like like Shark Tank in the U.S. has that format, right? Yeah. Like you come in, you give your presentation or whatever. You have the four or five minutes to like show what your thing is. Yeah. And then the sharks start coming in with the questions and. Uh, yeah. yeah,
1: I think I think that's completely fair, um, but to be honest, they weren't doing that with everyone. Okay. So it they were doing that with quite a few of the startups where they were immediately interrupted with. Uh, oh, so your valuation is $10 million. Are you series A <laughs> or are you seed funding? Or like really? immediately before they've even opened their mouth, they were asked questions. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that um, you came on as part of the second panel. Yeah. Um, so there is a little bit of uh, impatience by then because we were, an hour and a half into the event already um so and so, it was a new panel so. so they
0: don't know what second panel means so yeah. second panel like so there were two sets of start-ups, sharks uh, and two sets of uh, sharks so each panel was supposed to have 10 people presenting yeah and uh, the sharks would change because you know like they did not want the, sh- the same people to be sitting there for like i think it took three hours to it shoot took, it
1: it took four and a half hours total total but
0: the first uh, round went longer I think. the first
1: round went longer yeah
0: anyway i was the first person in the second batch. second panel yeah so all those sharks were fresh
1: fresh yeah. and, ready <laughs> <into him. laughs> and ready to bite into course,
0: him and ready to bite into me of course
1: i can't be objective about completely objective about them but i like to think that i'm a fair person and during Sid's pitch uh I, I was trying to objectively gauge okay if I was presenting in Jarkar instead of him what would I have done differently and honestly he did a very good job of presenting it but he was just not he wasn't given a chance which uh, which is a learning
0: so the reason I did this event was for two reasons one is of course exposure uh for one was first of course if we raised the money that would have been amazing of course, yeah yeah uh, but also exposure. Mm-hmm. So hopefully this gets made into a TV show and, um, you know, like, um, you know, it gets uh, people hear about a jar car and mm-hmm. know what it is. Mm-hmm. And maybe it might lead to some sales for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, but apart from that, it was... Uh, what if
1: they don't keep you in the TV show?
0: That's if they don't okay. keep me in the TV show, that's fine okay. as well. Yeah, it's yeah.
1: practice.
0: Yeah, it's also practice. Yeah. And, uh, you know, just like... At least the investors know who I am. Yeah. So that matters as well. So, for sure. you know, um, I think it was worth doing it, even yeah. though I didn't uh, raise money.
1: Yeah, I think for me, it was really hard that after seeing your pitch, I still had to go through the rest of the event and be like <laughs> super chirpy on stage where I was just like completely gutted. Yeah. And like a couple people asked me on WhatsApp, how are you feeling and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I think sid's handling it much better than mm-hmm. i am you know i don't think that i have no, a good capacity so. <laughs> for not winning
0: <laughs> so uh like i was super bummed out when it first when i first got eliminated and uh, i was just thinking do you to think myself, you were
1: too confident
0: i don't think it was too confident i think the the sharks who were on my panel weren't interested in the concept yeah so, you know, it's, it's two things. It's either like the investor needs to like what you're doing yeah. as well as make business sense. Yeah. So I think our idea makes business sense but But maybe they're not into cars yeah maybe Maybe they're they're not into cars or they don't like a tourist business or they don't like a business where you have to continuously do customer acquisition you know there's so many uh, aspects to it sure so I think there were a couple of reasons why they didn't go through and I think maybe if the panel was different of course it would have made a big difference yeah. So yeah.
1: Yeah, the panel that the sharks panel that was there when you were pitching were mostly from healthcare uh, sector. A little yeah. bit of tech. You had the guy from TechStars Vijay Thiruthre yeah. and marketing. So, yeah. um, but in the second panel, a lot of the shark, uh, a lot of the startups were within the healthcare space because of that reason.
0: Right. So. so um, yeah, so at the end of this podcast, I'm going to put my whole pitch, yeah. including all the shock questions and all that. I also uh, shot a vlog, by the way, in case you guys don't know, I have a YouTube channel. It's called Siddharth Vlogs. And uh, so I did actually shoot a vlog of the whole behind the scenes of yeah. uh, what is going on, what is happening in the green room, a couple of the startups we uh, yeah. backstage. Um, you know so if you guys want to go check it out we leave it in the show notes yeah so you can see exactly what happened for yourself
1: yeah but but I think it's also important for us to share um, our feedback on this experience because I mean we've talked about uh, we've done uh, podcast episodes about how best to pitch and everything yeah Um, but I think as part of being a founder you need to be thick-skinned. You need to roll with the punches, and mm. and this is something that uh, this is an experience that we can learn a lot from, mm. and maybe you can learn a little bit <laughs> from it as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. In my opinion, um, the the startup that performed well on stage. And not because of their pitch, but because of their ability to defend their idea, was Collex. Um, yeah. yeah.
0: So Colix is a call center uh, service for uh, SMEs. For SMEs, and their idea was uh, that they're going to bring down the cost. So, uh, like, you can get a package with for a thousand rooms a month, and you can get a twenty-four hours call, uh, you know, call center service. Mm-hmm. along with multiple languages yeah, and they have like an app and, uh, and they have a, use, dashboard. And a dashboard where yeah. uh, where you can go in and you know put in all the questions like a faq mm-hmm. and uh, you'll have a team handling it for you so that was yeah. pretty cool yeah. they got an interest they got an interest from all the sharks
1: yeah and one of the sharks was uh it ended with one of the sharks saying that they're going to contribute with a thousand sme uh, Customers and clients. Yeah. Um. Within a year for ten percent equity. So yeah. basically one million for ten percent.
0: How does it work out? One million though. They charge a thousand dirhams per month. That's like a if they get a thousand SMEs for a thousand dirhams a month. So that's 1. a million a, a month.
1: Yeah, but the star, the shark wanted, did not want the SMEs to be charged a thousand a month. He wanted them to be charged a hundred a month.
0: That doesn't make sense. How how can they bring their cost down so drastically? Anyway so yeah. that's what happened they, and then they
1: said let's take this conversation offline so honestly um some of the questions that the sharks were asking were very fair um they yeah. were tough they definitely uh uh came came with a strong bite uh but
0: i think all the questions they asked me were fair yeah you know uh they were all fair questions uh, but they
1: were a little bit early in the pitch
0: yeah i just wish they had given me a little bit more time so yeah. that i could present it yeah. instead of uh, defending it yeah right away you yeah know? yeah so like if they're giving me time to present it then i can I have a way that I want to go with a flow, you know, there's a showmanship or whatever there is, you know? Yeah. So that all got eliminated. Yeah. Uh, As soon as they started asking me questions could have just killed my flow.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: So um, I think uh, some other guys felt that way too.
1: Yes. You know, Uh,
0: because I was backstage, the participants were coming back and they were like, uh, it was like, as soon as I started, like it was just questions, questions. Yeah. And I couldn't really present yeah which is uh i guess maybe that's the format of the show but i feel like at least the audience or the customers I, I mean the people who are watching should understand what the the company is you know yeah that's true you should get a chance to present but even Calix, it was like you know they had like three four the slides colleagues. and a, uh, sorry Colex, yeah. yeah they had a bunch of there are three four slides and a bunch of questions then again another three four slides and a bunch of questions and they were like Trying to get their slides across, yeah, and, like, it was yeah. tough.
1: Yeah, but what happened in the case of Colix is he just talked faster, yeah. so <laughs> so true. that that worked for him, and that was um, that was perceived as uh, passionate or enthusiastic by the Sharks, which you know, fair yeah. enough. You know, he did a very good job in. Um, in kind of sidestepping
0: yeah, and did the a good questions. Job
1: of, yeah, he, he a did good a good defense. he did a good tango with the yeah. sharks and stuff. And they yeah. were enjoying it and the audience was enjoying it as well. So it's going to make for good T V. Yeah. Um and more than that, like yes there's a conversation offline that's happening about it so um, so
0: there were a couple of uh, people who did get funded in the first panel yes so the the first person who got any kind of commitment was this company called zon and what they were doing was quite interesting so they are uh, peer-to-peer now how, how did it work so the
1: way zon works it's, it's is a
0: decentralized e-commerce platform
1: Yes, and they have AI technology that if I place an order for baby food or a smartphone, it connects to all offline retailers in Closely. my proximity. Yeah, it's
0: proximity-based.
1: It's proximity-based. Ba- they get to bid on the cost, and then I am shown the best cost, yeah. and it's on the retailer to deliver it to me within three hours.
0: Yeah, so so
1: they don't take care of logistics. They don't. They just take care of the tech aspect of it.
0: Yeah. So so um, yeah. So the user experience would be, I go, I open the Zon app. I type anything. Apparently, they're saying any any item.
1: They said they have seven thousand partners.
0: They already have seven thousand partners. Interested
1: or on board? I don't I know. I think
0: they're already onboarded. Mm-hmm. And uh, so you, I can put in like, oh, I want the iPhone XS, and it'll show me. Uh, it'll show me one price one price but the best price
1: within the vicinity
0: within the vicinity like so it'll check all the electronic stores close to me who will be bidding in real time and I'll get one price and then the way they make money is that they uh, algorithmically know what the market rate is and what rate they're receiving from the bid system yeah and they'll uh, they'll automatically it's dynamic pricing yeah it'll dynamically increase the price uh, to be lower than market rate but, still, but
1: enough for them to make a commission. Enough for them. I think I the dynamic commission. pricing is very interesting.
0: Dynamic pricing. Um, is.
1: So some of the questions that Zon got asked was, uh, the pitch started with, uh, I have a niece and she's crying and my aunt or someone needs to get baby food at three o'clock in the morning, but there's no solution for that. And there's, why is there no e-commerce player that can deliver within three hours? And then went on with his pitch. And then the sharks were like, wait a second, are these offline retailers open at three o'clock in the the morning? And they kept talking about the product being baby food. But he's like, no, it's going to be about all products and stuff. And they're like, so you're contacting offline retailers because they don't have an online presence, but you want them to manage the logistics of doing delivery within three hours. (laughs) Yeah. Um, who is getting inducted you know quality
0: the, assurance would be hard but,
1: exactly and but I mean
0: if they have enough momentum like yeah. if they have enough people using it then it could be something that retailers get dependent on
1: and if they have enough product inventory for the a consumer you know like uh, if I can type any product that I can potentially think of And they were asking, how is it different from InstaShop? And he's like, see, it's not just baby food. And they're like, well, you started with the baby food pitch at three o'clock. But
0: I think what they're doing is, from what I understood, is that they are using AI to figure out what the category of your product is. So Mm -hmm. when I say I want an iPhone 10, they know that it's a mobile phone Mm -hmm. and they know that it's an electronic item. Mm -hmm. And... So, they will contact the electronic, electronic
1: retailers. Electronic
0: retailers, yeah. If I say baby food, they know it's a food item, it yeah, could be a own. pharmacy item and not a supermarket yeah, item, yeah. And then it'll contact on the pharmacy, something yeah, like that, yeah. so, so, no, I
1: think I definitely think that there is merit to the idea. I definitely think that uh, instant gratification is something that definitely can be explored on e-commerce and yes. should be explored and i think it would be received well do you want to mute that
0: it's okay
1: um so um but but i think some of the questions were completely fair because like at one point uh, his pitch was about uh, oh but at the end of the day we are all about the data and then yeah. anvita who was one of the sharks was like is that what you're planning to monetize and he's like yeah and she's like but that's not what you said your monetization model is. Yeah. Your monetization model is the commission on products. And she was like, don't tell me that you're about data because Facebook is about data and Google is about data. And in order for you to claim that you understand your user segment mm. and you understand user behavior and and that you can you, you can automate this data and get insights from this data, it takes time. Like yeah. a Souk or a Noon has a huge leg up on you compared to that. Yeah,
0: but like their whole pitch is that whatever you want to buy, you'd buy it on Zon. Because you would definitely get the best price and you would get delivery and it'd be like in three hours. So, you know, like... Yeah,
1: but but to be honest, but it's, 90%, not the reality. Of, <laughs> 90% of whatever you want to buy, you can buy on Souk
0: yeah but but their whole thing is that okay soup takes a day to reach you yes and so so their pitch is whatever
1: you want to buy at the best price within three hours yeah pretty much but but the the quality assurance that is is uh like i am interested to see how the logistics of this plays out
0: yeah because it uh, was one
1: of the questions that they asked you yeah you have 70 partners on board how do you maintain quality uh, yeah. across that? So,
0: so what we do is we have SLAs, and then we weed out the partners who are not performing. Yeah. So if we consistently get uh, bad, uh, you know, reviews or bad, like we we follow up with every customer, so we know that okay, this they didn't deliver on time, or, or you the know, car, car was, was dirty, yeah. or it was not the correct car, or whatever it is. And then if he received too many complaints about it, then we just eliminate them as a partner. Okay. Yeah. So, um, but anyway, Zon uh, raised $500,000.
1: From four sharks.
0: From four sharks. And they were able to, uh, um, they, they they severely got undercut on their valuation. Yeah. Which I thought was a crazy valuation anyway. Yeah. But, um, so their valuation, I think they value themselves at $11 million. Yeah. Eleven or twelve. Eleven or twelve million dollars. They haven't even gone to market yet, but uh, they were basing that valuation off the groundwork they have done to uh, to you know get seven thousand uh, suppliers on board. Yeah. And uh, they were looking to raise two million dollars, right?
1: Yeah, I'm just looking for um, the commitments that were made. Uh-
0: Anyway, so they they were able to raise uh, $500,000 at a valuation of 2.5 million so for 20%, which is uh, which is I think what that's more realistic valuation for a company like that that doesn't have any revenue as yet that is not in the market as yet. So yeah.
1: Okay, so basically they got from Anvita Varshney, Achal Ghai, Raza Jafar and Arif Sayed who were the four out of five sharks from Mm -hmm. panel one, they decided to co-invest $500,000 for 20% equity. And the asking was $2.2 million for 20%. So it's valued at 11 million, right?
0: 2.2 million, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. So yeah, it was very-
0: Who else raised?
1: So on your price, uh, which which is a platform where uh, non-branded items can be listed okay. um, and people can define the price. So it can work for unbranded products or Chinese products or... Um, or products that are like dead inventory uh, and things that, that you're just holding on to. So instead of holding on to that in- inventory, people can list that product
0: hmm. and
1: c- customers can bid on the price okay. and then the highest price, there'll be a, a time where it closes and then the highest price gets to... Um,
0: so it's kind of like an eBay.
1: Kind of like an eBay, exactly. Yeah. So they, they're asking was well, $600,000 for 30% what they got from Rf Syed was $200,000 for
0: 20%. So what is the valuation that they had initially?
1: So the valuation that they had initially was...
0: $300,000?
1: Uh, $600,000 for, for 30%. 30%. So that so is... So uh,
0: around 2 point something, 2 million or so.
1: Let's do the math.
0: 2 million dollars, I think. Roughly, it's fine. Yeah. 600 into 3.33. <laughs> hey, this is too 2 million. Strong. Yeah. So 2 million, roughly 2 yeah. million, that's what I say. Yeah. So and
1: instead what they got was $200,000 for 20%.
0: So another startup that got funded was uh, this company called Swapo. And so I know the two girls who founded the company, they were backstage with me and uh, they are a game exchanging platform. Uh, for now and then eventually they want to move to like swapping everything but uh, how they do it is like you can swap on the platform for free they take care of the logistics so they'll pick it up and they deliver it and And
1: they'll do quality checks on it and they'll they'll do do a
0: quality check and uh, they charge you a fee for that which is uh, just a transportation fee which is like 10 dollars or 35 rooms Mm. So um, they got a twenty five thousand dollar commitment.
1: Yeah, from Achal Ghai, who was one of the sharks, to do for a, a pilot test. To do a pilot to see test. if this works. Yeah. Because basically, uh, they were asking for money in order to market it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that
0: was their plan. They said they had the algorithm ready for the you know matchmaking. And they have all the logistics in place to like do the quality assurance for the games as of now, and repackage them and all that. So they needed funding. Their plan for funding was for marketing. They, in their pitch, they had ninety yeah. percent marketing. So, uh, so yeah,
1: they're asking was uh, six hundred thousand dollars for twenty percent, which I was for an them, idea stage <laughs> startup.
0: Yeah, so they don't have an. They don't even have an app yet. They don't have a demo or anything. And I, when I was talking to the girls backstage, I was like, "Listen, um, you know, no offense, but I think your valuation is a, a little too high. Like, if you it's really it's crazy. To,
1: <laughs> it's crazy.
0: If you really want to raise money, then uh, you know, I think lower your valuation a little bit or your expectations at least.
1: No, but in general, I felt they want to that six
0: hundred thousand dollars.
1: Yeah, no, but in general, I felt that the valuation for almost all of the startups was Cuckoo. Like, <laughs> and I don't know if no, they were prepared. Some, of them, some no. of
0: them had good valuation.
1: Okay, so Zon's valuation was 11 million.
0: Which was ridiculous.
1: Yeah. Then Surfy, which was the first. Considering one it's that,
0: not even in the market yet. It's
1: not in the market, but they have seven thousand partners on board or whatever.
0: Okay.
1: Um, you had Yellow Pickup. Actually, I don't think Yellow Pickup's valuation was crazy. Yellow Pickup's
0: valuation. So Yellow Pickup is an application where you can. Which is
1: Uber for trucks.
0: Uber for trucks, and they've also got. They already have a bunch of traction. They've mm-hmm. already raised a million dollars before.
1: They've appeared on a ton of magazines. Honestly, that was a very a good pitch.
0: I think I think it was a good pitch. And I think he deserved to raise that yes, round. Yes, for sure. And uh, the Sharks didn't uh, go through with it. I think yeah. he was looking for 2 million?
1: He, he was looking for 1 million at 20%. And uh, they questioned his valuation. And I think that the Sharks were focusing quite a bit on his burn rate. Hmm. Because um, he said his burn rate was 40k. Mm-hmm. A month
0: dollars, right? The rooms, the
1: rooms, okay. Durms. Um, so and they would they said that the barrier to entry for Uber to do this is very low, and he doesn't, uh, Yellow Pickup doesn't hold yeah. any inventory.
0: And but Uber's not going to U- come into the space,
1: yeah. And but and Uber doesn't own any inventory as well, so yeah. I don't see. And honestly, he was funny on stage. He was charismatic on stage. Yeah, he was good. And he had a validated business idea. It exists right now.
0: Yeah. And yes, he's it's already not making money. Business. No, he is making money. I mean, he's not profitable, but he's... He's not
1: profitable, but yeah, he is making money. He had, I believe, 50 I don't even trups. know,
0: honestly, if he's uh, not profitable. I'm not sure.
1: No, but his burn rate was higher than his... Income? income are you sure isn't that what burn rate is
0: no burn rate is just how much are you spending per month no is
1: that what it is
0: yeah like how much are you spending per month on customer acquisition like that's your burn rate
1: well they asked him what his costs per month are and he said that was 15,000
0: hmm.
1: not including his salary. Which I believe he's not taking right now. Mm. Then they asked him what his burn rate was, and he said it's forty thousand.
0: So he must be spending at least twenty-five on marketing and fifteen as his salary. So that's total burn rate of forty.
1: No, no, but he said his costs right now are fifteen thousand rooms a month.
0: No, but that cost must not include marketing. Otherwise, what it what would be the forty k is his burn rate? Anyway, whatever. Yeah. Uh, that's, uh, I yeah. yeah. Let's <laughs> let's cut all of this out.
1: Um, no but but i am curious i thought burn rate was the amount of money that you're losing every month
0: no okay after
1: removing your
0: there are a lot of startups that don't have a monetization model right now Mm -hmm. okay so like say for example when facebook started they didn't have a monetization model so their burn rate is a hundred percent all their expenses per month yeah right So whatever they spend on marketing, whatever they spend on salaries, whatever they spend on development, that total amount mm-hmm. is their burn rate. Yeah. So um, for startups, like for us as well, I I count my burn rate to be all our expenses, including marketing and everything. If you don't, but but you revenue, don't count
1: you don't count the revenue minus the
0: uh, no, that's your profit the
1: expenses as the burn rate.
0: No, that's your profit. Like your burn rate is what are your recurring expenses. Okay, on a monthly basis, so so
1: I guess in in that sense, then I'm not sure what the two different costs were. One was 15,000, I know, and one was 40,000 40, maybe 000? salaries
0: and marketing, yeah, anyway, whatever, potentially,
1: yeah. anyway. But, um, I actually think his, he presented it really well. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think that he was also interrupted with quite a few questions, yeah, um, and
0: is a really and nice like the
1: and so their whole uh, thing was that the barrier to entry for someone else is not that high. Firstly, because you don't even own inventory or anything, which I don't think is a big thing. Mm-hmm. Their second thing was the whole burn rate question and everything. Yeah. And their third thing was how are you different from trucker or fetcher or things like that.
0: I mean, they're different from Fetcher.
1: They're different from Fetcher, but, and that's what he was trying to explain. He's like, we're different from Fetcher, but Fetcher can rely on us for things. We can partner with Fetcher. Um, But Trucker, they're not different from Trucker. Trucker is
0: very similar business model. So they
1: said that you don't have a differentiated enough business model or USP. Mm -hmm. They, They were going back and forth on the USP question.
0: But and why? So, they are like, uh, so when I spoke to him backstage, he was also like, our technology is different. Our back end is different.
1: But he didn't explain that.
0: He didn't get a chance to explain it. Maybe he didn't <laughs> yeah. get a
1: chance to explain that. So, so I think that was... That and, was... I don't think that's a ridiculous valuation. And, and
0: even if you're uh, not differentiated that much, okay, you still can beat the competition with other factors like so, pricing or maybe... Uh, slightly better technology or you know like just because there's a souk doesn't mean there's no room for a jadupadu Mm. or a noon yeah you know i mean
1: kareem's killing it and it was second to market
0: yeah so So, uh,
1: with but uh, what kareem did did better than uber is kareem listened to the market and did a couple of things that were best suited for this market they accepted cash as payment
0: yeah but they also got a lot of Funding early, a
1: huge amount of funding yeah, so, to so scale. I,
0: yeah, I think uh, they actually probably spent more in marketing also mm. than what uh, Uber, Uber spent did. when they came to market here. because yeah. I I didn't think they focused enough on this market, market in terms of marketing scale, themselves. Yeah. So Kareem went all in, like it was this region specific. So
1: yeah, and I think Kareem has been very smart about their marketing as well. Yeah. Um, anyway, what he was, how he was saying that he can differentiate himself is, he was like, I need the funding in order to be able to do the marketing, in order to be top of mind with people, and in yeah. order, I need the funding to scale. Yeah, that's what everyone's here for, right? Like, Not
0: everybody was there for scale though. Like yeah. some people were j- there, like for
1: exposure only.
0: No, just to uh, to get their product off the ground. Right. So they were like, they were quite a few companies that were like supersede, yeah you know like oh i have an idea just idea stage mm-hmm. and like oh um i think this idea could work and i want like six hundred thousand dollars you know mm-hmm. which i think was uh, a lot and uh, and then there were companies like uh, yellow pickup which i think were uh, already functional for two years, three mm. years, they're already doing business, they yeah. have customers, they have people who are using the app on a regular basis. Yeah. Kind of like a Jar Cl- Close to a Jar Car.
1: Exactly. Yeah, so
0: Ajarkar might be a, uh, like a little
1: a, bit earlier than. Uh,
0: no, a few months behind Yella Motor yeah, in that's terms of I mean. scale. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but yeah, I think, um, I think uh, his valuation should have been considered. I think there was another good startup, it was called Nishchenth. and uh, they are already profitable and they have this application uh, you guys can go check it out um, nishin.com i think i forgot the url anyway Mm. uh, you guys can go check it out and they have an app where you can take control of a child's ipad Mm -hmm. and uh, so it uses apple classroom as its back back end and a google classroom as well and uh, what it allows you to do is lock down the ipad so your kids can only see a particular kind of thing
1: a different oh. specific interface yeah
0: it's a different sp- apps yeah yeah so they can't surf the web or they can't see bad stuff on youtube or whatever it is but they also have what is more interesting a classroom application mm. where like uh, teachers can uh, push content to kids ipads so so like it forces the screen to refresh with something so if uh a teacher is talking about some video on YouTube. She can just from her command console or from her console, she can just push a video to all the kids, all the classrooms, um, you know, screens, and they can all view the video simultaneously or whether it's notes or whether it's an image or whatever it is. And he's already in most of the schools in the Bible. Yeah,
1: so he has 20 schools on board. Um the guy presenting this chint is uh, Raghav Mimani. Yeah. And I think he did a good job on stage as well. Oh, a very
0: nice guy I met um, him on stage as well. Yeah, yeah,
1: and and I don't know, like I don't know why it it didn't go his way. So he yeah. was asking for um I'll tell you now. Nishchint. He was asking for one million. I don't know how for how much percent. Um but ajmal uh, who was the tech shark mm-hmm. said he was interested in talking to him offline
0: yeah so i think uh, he wanted 1 million for 15% mm-hmm. and i think he's already doing revenue worth around 2 million terms a year that's All pretty ready. good yeah. that's pretty good and organically without you know Having, them, yeah yeah so. no I
1: think it's a very smart idea I actually also really liked the idea of fitterfly mm. um, which is uh, an app platform which helps parents monitor their kids fitness and energy levels and diet as well um, these two guys came down from India I think that 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 is a really Like, if we're just talking in terms of the idea, I think that is something that's very interesting. Yeah. Uh,
0: They'd already raised a million dollars or something like that in India. And uh, they were looking to raise their second round, I think, for two million dollars.
1: I can tell you. So, Fitterfly was looking to raise... I don't have that amount. No commitment. Yeah. The shark from uh the shark from <laughs> the shark from Techstars, which was interested in talking to them offline again. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah.
0: So yeah. So anyway, um, I think let's wind up over here. Yeah. We've been going um, on so for a while. so
1: we've we've done a couple of shoutouts to um, the startups that. Uh, we feel like had a lot of potential
0: one of them was uh modiware
1: modiware modiware
0: yeah. and uh, these guys were so they had some really cool stuff they have hardware that uh, you can put on the back of your phone and it makes your phone uh, like modular yeah so they have like these little tiles that you can slide into it and then it gives your phone extra functionality like you know, uh,
1: extra SD card, SD
0: card, uh, cameras,
1: lights,
0: lights, and um, all kinds of stuff. So yeah. they were really cool.
1: That you've covered in your videos. So, so. Yeah. If
0: you guys see my vlog, you'll see what uh, Moji is about. And I yeah. wanted to get him on the show, actually, as a, as a speaker, you yeah. uh, know, as a guest uh, to see his journey, because they also already raised about a million and a half dollars to get production. And he wanted to raise another round because he needs to fulfill some orders. So um, anyway, uh, we'll try to get him on the show. But yeah. uh, if you want to uh, check it out, you can see it on my vlog, which mm-hmm. I'll leave a link in the description. You can check out what it looks like. So Tobus, by the way, you can uh, what they do is uh, if you want to buy or sell a business, it's a platform to buy and sell businesses.
1: Oh, okay. I didn't yeah. know that.
0: So if you're interested in like, you have extra cash, you feel like you want to pick up a business or two. Yeah. If you want you to buy a jar car. <laughs> Actually, we're not yeah, selling no. a jar car. You can buy 20% of the jar <laughs> yeah. car if you're interested. Yeah, for $200,000. $200, yes. Uh,
1: yeah. No, but um, overall, I think overall thoughts on the complete experience I think
0: um you know uh them taking the initiative to create an event like this is really cool because it you know it kind of glamorizes the startup industry and that hopefully should lead to more investment and you know in turn the ecosystem growing for everybody more education for more sure. education and uh, understanding about how it works so, uh, so, hats off to the team at Golf of Events to put this together. Hopefully, yeah. You might see our faces on TV. Yeah, <laughs> I,
1: I think I may be replaced by a voiceover on TV. <laughs>
0: um,
1: but either way, it was um, a really interesting uh, event to be a part of. For Ijarakar, the next time we're pitching, we'd be... More prepared. More pre- we'd be better prepared um, yeah. for some unexpected curveballs. so yeah. i i think that overall like no regrets awesome event really fun experience and uh, it was nice to be part of uh, dubai's shark tank <laughs>
0: yeah yep all right guys so that's it uh i'm gonna leave this uh podcast off with my pitch so you guys can watch and listen to the pitch if you want and see me tank. <laughs> <laughs> you did not tank. You did not tank. I didn't, I don't think I tanked, but uh, yeah, obviously I didn't. Uh, I didn't convince them. Mm. But anyway, uh,
1: yeah. So see you guys um, in
0: the next one. Keep on hustling. Hello sharks, my name is Siddhar and I'm the founder of Car. And ever since I was a kid, I had two passions: one was cars, and the other was technology. So, I decided to merge my two passions and create UA's largest car rental marketplace, which is ijarcar.com. So, what we found out was that the small to medium sized car rental companies actually have up to 20% better rates. And they also have a much better selection of cars. So, they have all different kinds of cars, right from luxury cars to mid range. And, um, and, but they don't have the, the skills to really, uh, the technology or the marketing skills to really go online. So that's where AjarCar comes in. We're a tech platform that allows the small to medium-sized car rental companies to go online. So we have our own booking engine. Uh, And then we also aggregate all that information into our marketplace, which is ajarkar.com. And you can choose from a huge selection of cars and we have up to 20% better rates than the competition. Customers can book and pay online and get delivery in the city. Can I just pause you there for a minute? Sure. When you say 20%, Lower rates yes. than the market. Uh-huh.
1: Can you explain what sort of research have you done when it comes to your competitors who's existing in the market for say
0: last decade? So from from we've been looking at car rental rates for a long time now when we started this business. And what what happens is that because of our technology and the way that we implement it, we get rates from up to 70 different car rental companies and we choose the best rate for a particular car. But every model that allows us to have that slightly better rate in the market rate, because we're comparing against so many different car companies how do you do that you have a technology you have a artificial intelligence what do you have in the back yes we have an algorithm that sorts out all the different cars available from all our partners we have over 70 car rental partners on board and then we choose the best rate for a particular car and that's what's shown on the website. So we only show one rate per car, that's how we do it. So what's your cost structure when you say you're giving 20% discount? What's your cost structure, how do you make money? 20% discount? Yeah, so we still make a commission on that transaction. It's just that our overall rate is about 15 to 20% lower than the market rate. So how do you do that? Do you negotiate backwards with the supplier or how do you do that? Yes, we do. So our suppliers know that it's it's like a competition. So whoever is giving us the lowest rate, their car is going to show up on the platform. So they compete between themselves to give us lower rates. So so for example, like we have four partners that have Toyota Land Cruiser for rent. The first one might be giving it for 500, the second giving it for 600, 600, 650. We'll put the 500 on our platform. So that's how we... That's how, we bring how do market. you how do you ensure quality because you, know, if you have 70 small companies yeah. giving you cars the customer doesn't get the same experience the 70 different suppliers so we make sure that whenever we sign up a company that we uh, we do some kind of quality assurance on them so we know that they're providing a certain level of service okay. and, and also we we you have an SLA with somebody you have an SLA yes, doctor, essentially right? we have an SLA saying that, that we need to uh, uh, deliver in this time frame and then we need this quality of car the cleanliness and all that also the customers can reject the car once they receive it If you let me continue with my presentation i can show you how it works just one quick question before that the site is operational already sorry yes we're operational, operational. Yeah. we we're already charging people we already have customers how many vendors have you signed so far so we have about 70 partners across all our services Uh, So I can show you some of the services that we have. There's a video that's supposed to be auto playing over here. But anyway, so uh, what happens is that the customer actually pays only 15% online to reserve the car. When the car rental company gets notified, they deliver the car, at which time they collect the balance payment from the customer itself. The customer has the option to reject the car at the time and we will refund the payment to them. But basically the the online booking fee is to ensure that they're serious about taking the car and that's when we deliver it to them. So that's how it works. That's how the whole system works. So let's understand who the customer is. Who is your target audience? Um, So our target audience is mostly tourists who are looking to move to Dubai. So we actually have four verticals that we work on. So we have short-term car rentals. Here's a demo of what the site looks like. We have a huge selection of cars, over 100 different kinds of cars. And a lot of our customers go for exotic vehicles, luxury vehicles, and that's the kind of customer base that we've attracted because of our team selection. So we have unique cars on the platform like Teslas and you know Mercedes G500 4x4 four four squares, Really rare cars. Sorry, can you explain your Rappi model in detail? Yeah, so how we work is that we partner with all these car rental companies and we ask them to give us their price list through our platform. Then we compare all the rates against all the car rental companies that are partnered with us and then we choose the best rate. Once that rate is live, we only show one price per car on our platform. It's like an aggregator model.
1: It's an aggregator
0: model basically. So aggregators are getting out of business slowly. You have to have some more value. So we provide value in the way that we have the largest selection of cars available. We also have other services like limo bookings. So this is chauffeur driven services. So overwhelmingly our customers are saying that they want cars with drivers. So that's what we have done now. We recently launched HR Car Limo services, so this is shopper driven services, but also we have uh, different kinds of vehicles. Not only the ES350 that maybe you would get on a Kareem or something, but we have luxury vehicles like S-Class 7 Series with driver. Sorry, you work in collaboration with Kareem and Uber? No, we do not. I'm just comparing ourselves, how and we differ how in our Limo services. So how do you compete if you have you Limo with driver, how do you compete with the Ubers? And uh, the creams of the world because they have luxury cars as well. They have test buses as well. We we also have buses. We also have exotic vehicles. We have cars like Rolls Royce, which they don't offer on their platform. So you don't have really a target segment. You know, you're just going for everybody and anybody. So you that
1: it's tourists. So what I wanted to understand is how so, do tourists get to know about uh, your website?
0: So we've been working very hard on our SEO. And if I can move ahead. Uh, we have car leasing as well. All, all these experiences are related around car rentals. So we have car rental self-drive, we have car rental with driver, and then we have car leasing, which is a long-term car lease. So if you need to rent any kind of car for any purpose, you want to come to car. That's basically what we're trying to do. But then usually, when a tourist is coming into the city, he is renting a car from the car boats which are available there, or a lot of people, people, people actually the pre-book their cars, and especially if they're looking for a particular car, like the cars that we have on our platform, they pre-book. And we have customers who prove that, I mean. So or if you're very local, then how do you sort of scale up this model? How do you so so basically, we've built all our tech, the whole platform is built for scale. So if we wanted to recreate this in any other city, we could very easily, it just require a little bit of business development, getting partners on board in the city, and then we should be able to start in any city with the same platform. So are you in Dubai only? Yes. Model? We are currently doing it in Dubai and Abu Dhabi. Two cities we've opened up. We're going to open up Sharjah very soon as well. So uh, this is a aggregate model. Yes. And uh, other than the fact that I have you saying you have door-to-door delivery. Yes. I don't see any other unique value proposition. Uh, I'm out. I'm, I'm out of, out of that purpose. Okay. Thank you. All right, thank you. Sorry, it's not a very intriguing model right so Intriguing model. All right, fine. I to all about your model, I so, so I can show you more about our revenue model. So this is how we differ from the competition. Work, all right. So in the market right now, we have people like Wiser Motors and One Click Drive, who only do like classified. Basically, they just list all the cars available from all these people. And then we have international partners like Rentalcars. Or Com or PriceLine, who only work with top-tier car rental companies like Hertz and Avis and those kind of companies. We have Turo in the U.S., which is which has raised 180 million dollars, and they're the closest to what we are doing, which is to have more of a peer-to-peer kind of model. Because we deal with the small to medium-sized car rental companies, we get up to uh, we get much better rates in the largest selection. That's what Turo does as well, but they do peer-to-peer, and that's why HRC sits right, very localized and e-commerce enabled with our own booking engine. One last question on the technology side. Sure. Are you using bots or blockchain? No, we're not using bots or blockchain. Uh, We are using our proprietary custom coded engine. I'm sorry, I'm out as well because uh, if you do your research a bit more, Mm. there are players who are already out there and Mm. they are using bots and they are using blockchain right now for similar applications. I'm out. Me too, I don't understand yet there is any model. So the revenue model.